Giannis downhill, slams it home! Pressure again, and a sack for Aaron Donald. Welcome back to the Game Changer Show here on the Right Way Sports Network. I'm your host, Aiden Mayer, and today I'm joined with my beautiful co-host. We got Caleb, we got Malik, we got Daniel in the building after a week, uh, a jam-packed week with the NFL Draft, NBA playoffs. We got a ton to talk about today. But before we get to it, make sure you guys go subscribe to our Patreon page. I believe the link's in the description. We are making people a ton, a ton of money over there. I can't stress it enough. It is a worthwhile investment for everybody that joins uh, so go check that out again. Link is in the description. But I want to start today's episode off with NBA playoffs because those are really heating up. We saw round two kickoff yesterday. Awesome Warriors-Grizzlies game that came down to the wire. Uh, but before we even get to that game, we got to start off with the Celtics-Bucks. Uh, the Celtics came into this getting all the hype. I thought they were going to win the series. I still think they will. Uh, but that was a rough, rough game one. Daniel, I know you watched the game. What are some adjustments you think the Celtics are going to have to make if they want to win the series? Uh, I mean, first off, credit to the Bucks because they took it to the Celtics. Right? I think, first off, the biggest thing is the Celtics just have to be expecting physicality, right? That's something they weren't expecting, whether it was on offense or, or defense against the Brooklyn Nets because they weren't taking it to, you know, they weren't getting it taken to them. So the Celtics, how can they adjust, right? One, I think offensively, you just have to make your shots. You have to make your shots. And th there's not much of an adjustment because – they just missed a lot of shots. Brooke Lopez was killing them. You know, Giannis was killing them. Bobby Portis was killing them. So the biggest thing, you know, you got to make your shots and you have to find a way to slow down Giannis as a playmaker. That's you, you have to, right? Force the ball into other people's hands. Chris Middleton, that's what a lot of people are forgetting. They're without him. So force the ball into other people's hands and don't let Giannis be as much of a playmaker as he was. So, the biggest thing, I think it was a feel-out game. The Celtics needed it. So I think regardless, they'll be fine in game two. Um, but get the ball out of Giannis's hands and expect the physicality in the paint. Malik, what were you seeing in that game? To be honest with you, um, I didn't watch the game. Just to be completely frank with you, I didn't watch the game. I was uh, busy doing some other things for TWSM, but I did go back and watch couple of things here and there. Uh, it just seems like they have nobody right now that can guard Giannis Antetokounmpo, and that's going to be the X factor of this game. I mean, Drew Holiday had a fantastic game. I don't envision that happening uh, throughout the entire series. Um, they just got to – they can't forget what got them there. They can't forget what got them there, you know what I mean? And I feel like um, I feel like they kind of got punched in the mouth a little bit game one, and that might be the punch in the mouth that they need to kickstart things. But I will tell you right now, if they go down 0-2 against this Bucks team, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough sliding. It's gonna be tough to, you know, right the ship so to speak. So make sure you keen on Giannis Antetokounmpo because as Daniel alluded to, Chris Middleton is out. I'm okay with you forcing Drew uh, Drew Holiday to be the guy, the go-to guy, uh, be, be being the guy that is gonna get um have, gonna have to lead the team. Daniel so. haircut Matt uh, Daniel <laughs> approves approves of the buzz cut, but uh, you, I I. Listen, when it comes to the Celtics, that was a bad game. It looked like the Celtics of last year, which is scary because the Celtics last year were extremely disappointing, not playing with enough physicality. The shots aren't falling, just looked like an off night. Uh, the shots are going to need a fall. And, and that's what concerns me about the Celtics team is 
one of their we and I guess they're a very well-rounded team, but they're not exactly the most consistent three-point shooting team. They're not bad, but it's not one of their strengths. And Brooke Lopez looked fantastic in that game. Giannis, as always, looked fantastic. When both of them are on the court, it's very hard to get a bucket inside because the rim protection is absolutely fantastic. So the Celtics are going to need better shooting. And look, Jalen Brown is not going to have another performance like that in the rest of the series. It, it ain't going to happen. Uh, just like Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday's with confidence shooting pull-up threes all of a sudden. And I'm just like, oh, where did this come from? He's a streaky three-point shooter. Things will balance out. But I agree with Malik. If they go down 0-2 against this Bucks team going on the road for the next two games, the series, frankly, is tipped into Milwaukee's favor, but I'm not ready to go there just yet. But, Caleb, do you have any final thoughts? Um, no, nothing nothing major. Um, the Celtics are one of the better defensive teams in the league, and it just did not show in game one. And then, like you touched on, is Jalen Brown. He went four for 13 with 12 points. You you can't you can't play like that against this Bucks team and expect to win. Um, those two together, when they're playing and they're hot, they're some of the hardest tandem in basketball to stop. So if he can show up, it'll be a it'll be a good series. Yep, Matt, we all shared that same sentiment. This is the worst. This is probably the worst game I've watched them play in the past few months. It's it's top three. So hopefully they can bounce back, get back to their winning ways because they've looked fantastic outside of that. Uh, but we also have the rest of the round two series, and obviously yesterday the Warriors Grizzlies game that was fantastic. Warriors pulled that one out by a single point. Uh, so, Caleb, why don't you start us off with that game? Who do you think is going to win that series? Um, I've got the Warriors winning the series. Um, they just, uh, I mean, they looked in control basically the whole game. And then all of a sudden the Grizzlies would creep back in. But if they can just stay in control and, and keep it in their shots like they have been, I, I think the Warriors win the series. I think it's going to be a back and forth. I think it could go about six games. Um, and each game is going to be close, don't get me wrong. But uh, I do see the Warriors winning the series. Malik, any chance the uh, the Grizzlies, obviously, great young core. They've been fantastic this season. Do you think there's any chance they can come back from this 1-0 deficit and win the series? Sure, they can. I mean, it's only one game. Um, but will they? It's a thing about experience and having been there before. That's something that this Warriors team has. And mm. it's, um, I think no, no team is as battle-tested as they've been. So um, it, I almost wonder if all the partying and celebrating – after beating the Timberwolves in round one, might come back and bite them in the ass here. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, but, yeah, I mean, can they do it? Absolutely. But will they? I, I, I'm having a hard time seeing the Grizzlies being able to pull out, a, you know, as high a stakes as this this series is going to be. I have a hard time seeing them pulling it out against the, uh, against the, um, against the Warriors. So Matt said Warriors showed why they are champions. The grit they showed without Draymond was impressive. Obviously, it seems better with Draymond. We saw that in the regular season. They had a bit of a slide for two months when they were without him. He's their defensive anchor. They've run a ton of offensive sets through him as the passing hub there. Uh, I don't think the Warriors are going to win the title, but they're a Tier 1 contender right now. I still consider Boston a Tier 1 contender, and I also consider Phoenix a Tier 1 contender. Warriors are up there, though. Would not be shocked if they win it all. But Daniel... You're the Cali kid. You're out there near the Phoenix area with those Suns. I, I see you tweeting about the Suns every once in a while. They're going to take on the Dallas Mavericks, Luka Doncic, who come in probably with the least, I guess you could say the least odds to, to actually come out and win this title this year because it's just kind of the Luka show. But Jalen Brunson's been really good. And look, the Phoenix Suns, like the Pelicans game fits. That was a six-game series. So do you think the Mavericks could pull off the upset or is this just out of their out of their thing, out of their range? Like, this is their ceiling. They yeah. went to round two. That's it. 
Oh, hell yeah. I, I I mean, after watching last year, they played the Clippers, right? And they I, they took that Clippers team to seven games with Kawhi, with Paul George. Luka can do it on his own. And I'm not saying he can win a championship on his own, but the fact that you have Luka and you also have another creator on offense in Jalen Brunson, that was the recipe for success against the Suns, right? They had CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram, two guys that could create offense on their own. The Mavericks have that. So – I think the Mavericks are going to really push this, you know, push this series. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, you know, the odds are that Mavericks are even going to make this a close series. So I think that this, as Matt said, I think this can go seven. I think because Luka, his star power alone, is good enough to, with Jalen Brunson as another creator, to make this a series. So I would say this game, I would bet for them to make this a really close series, and I think this goes seven. Matt said this is a uh, into is a must win for Memphis. It's the same thing as the Boston Celtics, where this is a home team that if you go down 0-2 against these tier one, tier two contenders, the Bucks, the Warriors, really good, you know, uh, veteran teams that have that experience, you're not going to come back from 0-2 against those teams. Going on the road, same thing for Memphis again, same thing for Boston. Uh, but before we wrap up our NBA playoff segment, just want to remind you guys in the comments, you got any hot takes, any questions? Jab at us a little bit. Throw them in the comments. We're going to be responding to them, engaging with them all show long as we've been doing uh, to start this one off. But Caleb, I want to ask you about this Sixers Heat series because I know some people are a huge fan of the Harden, Maxi, and B trio and and they're skeptical of the Miami Heat. And then there are other people that are like, nah, Heat culture, they, they succeed every playoffs. The Sixers are frauds, whatever they want to say. Uh, <laughs> the opinions are, are kind of on two opposite ends of the spectrum here. So I want to see where you lie. I mean, I'm on the Heat side for sure. Uh, they they play much better defense, and who knows when Embiid's going to come back if he can come back this series at all. Um, so that that's a big big issue, obviously. And Harden can't do this by himself. I mean, Maxi obviously will be some help, but I think they need Embiid to to take this series. Yeah, and the thing is, Embiid's out for game one and two, and that basically sealed it for me. Like, look. The Heat are going to win this series. I, I think the Heat are the better team. I believe in them more. They they just show up in the playoffs. They have that culture. They have the pedigree with the defense and, and just some of their recent success in the Jimmy Butler era. And then I look at the Sixers team where they nearly blew that that series against uh, the Toronto Raptors. And some of these press conferences with Doc Rivers are telling. Like, Doc Rivers feels the pressure. He, he's just a lot of defending himself and, and some of the past actions. And I look at the Sixers team, and James Harden is struggling. And I know we all expected a resurgence when he went to Philly. It really hasn't happened yet. And without Embiid in these first two games, I really think it's going to be tough for the Sixers to pull this series out. But does anybody else have any uh, additional thoughts they want to add? You said we. We expect a resurgence from James. Okay. Who is we? Uh, consensus, I should say. The public. Most people mm-hmm. expect it. Not all, but most. Who? Most people, I, I saw a lot of people chatting on Twitter saying James Harden just needs a fresh start. He's not happy. Yeah, James Harden has had more fresh starts in a pair of underwear that was I that agree. was I, I, agree. Really, I, agree. I mean, like the I like come on now. He's been on th- what three teams in two years, something like that now at this yes, point. Yes, yes, yes. The fact yes. of the matter is this guy is 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 is, is losing his losing his athleticism. He mm. don't play a look of defense. He feel like he, he looked bloated out there. He looked like me after I sat down at Buffalo Wild Wings for, for a meal. I'm just being real with you. He don't – I mean, I don't know what people thought they were getting from James Harden. Can James Harden still score? Yes. Is Ken James – guy lives in – I forgot somebody said it. He lives and dies at the free throw line. Like, James Harden aged like 10 years 
in the last three seasons. I mean, it's it's crazy to see, honestly. It's crazy. It's crazy. You want to make want to make sure he's not still playing with that fat suit on. But uh, I'm just being real with you. I don't know who who thought James Harden was going to have this like spiritual awakening going with the 76ers, or who, who thought that that was immediately going to make them, um, you know, a cha- you know a championship contender. Listen, um, I think I think James Harden is still a phenomenal talent to some degree, but he can no longer he's no longer the James Harden that used to carry the the Rockets teams. That, that's that's sad to see because his fall off was was drastic. But I just wanted to correct that. I don't think nobody on this panel at least. Well, James no, no, no. Oh, okay, that's fair. But consensus wise, there were a lot of people. I'll tell you why. The fall off again. You said it was drastic. People didn't expect James Harden to, to look like mm-hmm. this. They're like, nah, he's still got something in the tank. They knew mm-hmm. he was unhappy in Brooklyn. Figured mm-hmm. that played a part in it. Uh, yeah. But at the end of the day, like look oh, at. It. Talked about his athleticism. His burst used to be really impressive. That mm-hmm. first step was awesome. It ain't yeah. there anymore. He has a lot of trouble getting to the rim. Were you saying something? Yeah, the consensus is the same consensus that said that. You know, I'm, he, just, I'm just saying the consensus that yeah. you're referring to is the same consensus that said the Nets were going to be in the finals this year, making okay. IVs. So. Uh, yeah, well, I'm just saying a lot of people expected Harden to 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 have this resurgence, and he hasn't had it. Like that, that's all I'm saying. But oh no, 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 I, I'm, not, I'm not saying you're one of those people, Aiden. I'm simply saying the the people that you're referring to are the same ones that said the Celtics were going to lose to the Nets. I got you. yeah, no, I got you. I got you. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. So we think that's the beauty thing about us here at TWSN. We don't go off of what the consensus say. Mm. The fact of the matter is, James Harden, oh, James Harden ain't got it no more. That's just that's just a fact. I will say though, Malik, if anybody, I expected a little better than this. As much as I wasn't all, with everybody, like this is dynamite, all that, like this has been a little disappointing, even for. Uh, did you watch him with the with the Nets this year, early this year? I'm, I'm, yes, but still, I expected maybe fresh start that kicks into it at least a little bit. Like he didn't want to be in Brooklyn. We've seen these stars before, where if they don't want to be somewhere, they ain't playing at their full potential. They get that new start. There, there's a resurgence with them. I expected at least a little more from Harden. This has been extremely, extremely disappointing. That, that's all I'll say. But I think that's going to wrap up our NBA playoff segment. We're going to head over to the NFL, where oh my goodness, is there a ton bombs or dynamite? All. Just a ton going on over this weekend. First round, we see A.J. Brown get traded. Marquise Brown get traded. Tons and tons of draft picks being made. Tons and tons of storylines always coming out of this weekend. And then, obviously, want to start off, though, before we get to the NFL draft with DeAndre Hopkins. Suspended now for six games. This is big news. That's the wide receiver one in Arizona. Uh, You're trying to get an extension done with Kyler Murray. Can't envision this actually helping the cause there. So, Daniel, what does the DeAndre Hopkins suspension mean for the Arizona Cardinals? Honestly, I don't think it means all that much, to be honest, right? And, and the reason why I say that is because last year they played a lot of games without D-Hop. And, and for me, what when I look at this Cardinals team, right, when we look at their future, their future relies on what happens with Kyler Murray. How does Kyler Murray play? And um, to be honest, D-Hop isn't going to make me, you know, yes, he's a great receiver. And yes, he will up the play at Kyler Murray. But if Kyler Murray isn't able to be a star without D-Hop, then what are we doing? If he's not able to have an even record, a three and three record without D-Hop, what is going on? So for me, it doesn't really do that much. It just means that it's going to force Kyler Murray's hand and this Cardinals team's hand to say, hey, can they thrive without a star receiver? Can they even succeed? Because they have Marquise Brown, they have talent. And I know Malik's looking at me. I don't think it means all that much. Personally, I don't. 
But you just, I don't, him, you just called him their number one receiver, and now he's suspended <laughs> for the first six games, and it doesn't mean anything. Because it, the, the, the reason why the reason the reason why I'm saying it doesn't mean anything is because all this stuff, Kyler Murray not, might not even be on the team. In but I think I think the trade for Marquise Brown kind of solidified that he's going to come back. I, th- I think that was a move to make it's him- a, it's solidified that he'll be back at least this year. And and it, it's it does not mean that Kyler Murray is there long term. It does not mean this is going to work out long term. And still, this the, the way this Cardinals team is built is. To still built to succeed without DeAndre Hopkins. Just because they don't have D-Hop doesn't mean that they're going to fall off a cliff. If they fall off a cliff, something else is wrong in the organization. Something else is wrong with the roster. If they don't have a 3-3 three and three record in those six games, something else is wrong. Because Kyler Murray's talent should be enough to take them to 3-3. Three and three. So... Well, I'll tell you this right now. D-Hop's that X, he's the X receiver there. And we can talk about how he's not in his prime and whatnot, but you're missing your number one receiver for six games. It's going to hurt to a degree. Now, Daniel, I agree. maybe you're right. It, it probably doesn't, it, it probably won't be the deciding factor between them making the playoffs and not making the playoffs, but it could cost them a game. And in the NFL, a game, a game is a lot. I mean, look at these wild card races we see at the end of each season. I don't know. I, I think, you know, we can tie this into the Marquise Brown trade as well, but Malik, I saw you making faces. I think you disagree with Daniel here, and I want to let you hop in. I, I think that we get on here sometimes and we just stay, say things. Mm. <laughs> I do. I think we get on here and I think we just go with what the most popular thing to say is or what's going to be the clickbait headline. That's not what popular at all. Listen, listen, listen. We're talking about DeAndre Hopkins here. Now, Daniel's favorite term to use is recency bias. And I think my brother has been a victim of recency bias just now off of what he just said. Um, you know, DeAndre Hopkins' season was cut short last year. Mm-hmm. Right? I think it's – I think Daniel must have forgot how good they were with DeAndre Hopkins. They were good with DeAndre Hopkins, Daniel. They were. Oh, they were. Um, yeah, they were. They were. They were. Uh, they fell flat on their face after a while. Um, they sort of was trying to stay afloat and all that kind of stuff. So I hear where you're coming from, Daniel, but you can't say he's the number one receiver and then talk about how it's not a big loss. It is a big loss, no matter how which way you cut it. He is the X factor for the team. He is that game breaker. He's the guy that can – I look at DeAndre Hopkins almost as a, as a soul snatcher, right? At some point, he can be that guy to, to break things open for you. And, you know, it, it, somebody somebody in the Twitter section is using Jamar Chase's reference right now, saying you, Bengals lose him, you know, you lose – you lose, uh, you lose great production. You, you your, your touchdowns will drop off. Your receptions will drop off. Um, it's a huge loss. DeAndre Hopkins is a huge loss. No matter which way you slice it, no matter – you know, Daniel has a calming voice. I always, almost think that in another life, Daniel's a therapist or something like that. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I actually take that as a compliment. But don't so, let him don't let him calm you on this, Cardinals fans. Don't let him tell you what you need to hear or what you want to hear on this. DeAndre Hopkins is a huge loss to you guys, especially when you're talking about – a Cardinals team that was hoping to hit the ground running this season, especially with the way the end last season ended and Cliff Kings are very potentially on being on the hot seat. You need your best players out there. So don't let Daniel sit up here and tell you it's going to be fine. It's no. going to be fine. Wait, Caleb, Caleb, real, real, real quick. Like, I, I, I didn't say it would be fine. Right. And, and the reason why the, all I'm trying to say is first D hop is still a top 10 receiver. I still think he might even be a top. I'm, five I'm, glad, I'm glad that you're, I'm glad that you're, that you noticed that. I, I'm just telling you because uh, you obviously didn't yeah. sound like you heard that. I'm he is still that he's that good. But to be what honest, I heard, what I heard what you said was a, was a top five, top ten receiver 
losing six games wasn't a big deal. That's yeah, yeah, that didn't sound like a top ten receiver to me. Dan. Because, I you're you're missing up your echo. You're missing up your echo like they lose an AJ Green. But but what you're missing is he wasn't as impactful to their team as people want to say. He didn't have a hundred yard receiving mean? game. He did not Daniel, have a hundred yard receiving. You're one of the first people that should know about football, right? Listen, let's yeah. talk fact. The fact of the matter is stats don't always show up. No. On the stat, like there's a, the, the impact doesn't always show up. The X without it. What what, did, what was he able to do for for a guy like Rondell Moore early in the season, right? For for guys like AJ Green, he took pressure off of them. I because, completely agree. Because he's getting so much attention, so how can you say he didn't do anything? I never said he didn't do anything. I, all, all I said, all I said was, listen, my concern with this team is it's bigger than DeAndre Hopkins. Their defense lost Chandler Jones. Their defense was struggling at the end of last year. People are, Chase said this is crazier. I disagree. All I'm saying is they have bigger issues on their team than their receiver. They just got Marquise Brown. They have Rondale Moore. They have running backs. They have Kyler Murray. If Kyler Murray, I'm not saying that they're going to struggle. To Aiden's point, they probably are going to lose one more game, and one game is a lot. But I have bigger issues on this team, such as their secondary, such as their defensive line, than what Ky uh, what DeAndre Hopkins isn't going to do in six games. Because if let's say they lose that one extra game, they still have eleven more games to play, and if they're not making the playoffs, even with those eleven games, that's a problem with the team as a whole. Of course, they can still make the playoffs with the Andre Hopkins missing six games, but to just downplay this, like, hey, you know, whatever, your your star receiver, your ex, and, and Malik talked about taking pressure off a guy like Rondell Moore, AJ Green. None of those guys are number one receivers, and I know, Daniel, you watched Rondell Moore last year. And tell me the way to to have Rondell Moore succeed is get the ball in his hands in space. How do you do that if, if DeAndre Hopkins is gone? He's not drawing double teams. He's not drawing the number one corner on the outside on the boundary. Seriously, it's, Aiden, it's not a big about, deal. It's not a it's not a big deal. Now, to, to, defend, to defend Daniel here with Mark with Marquise Brown on this roster now, it's definitely going to be better than I think it was last. That's fine. Marquise Brown is still not a number one receiver. What are we I hear about? you, but it's that they're not going to be as bad as they were with DeAndre Hopkins. No one said that they would. Hollywood is Brown is not a number one receiver, and he knows one route, and that's a go. <laughs> yeah. So all I'm saying is yes, this is you. But okay. for me, there is bigger issues on this team to focus sure, on. Sure, there can be multiple issues. No, not with, any team. Team. no not, with any team. not with any team. No, not with any team. Not with any team. This team specifically. There could, be, there, could be, there could be a lot of issues with a lot of teams, man. Like I'm saying, like no team has I a roster this set team, out. I don't care if you this, disagree or not. This team, I'm even with the op, I don't even think they make the playoffs this year. And that's why I'm saying this. I don't think they're a yeah. playoff team even with D-Hop. I don't think so. Daniel, I, I – there can there's a it's a 53 man roster. There are 22 different positions on offense and defense, and then there are special teams. Like there are so many different ways. Like their secondary is an issue. Yeah, you talked about all these issues, but with so many positions on the football field, there are multiple that can cause issues and cause you you know to lose football yeah. games just because yeah. their secondary is a bigger issue. Whatever you want to say, losing DeAndre Hopkins hurts. It hurts their receiving core. Yes, it hurts. It their hurts. It hurts. It it and here's the I thing. I, here's the thing. I, I, I realize I can't. Losing games in that division is massive. Mm, yeah. Thank you. It is so tight. Like it, it's it's losing games in a division is massive, man. So you can't try to downplay it or underplay it and but, say. But they're probably oh, not going to play any division games, games in the first six. Teams rarely. I mean, most. Somebody of them, on the Twitter said Malik looks like he's developing a migraine. Yes, yes I am. I am. <laughs> he, he does. Yeah. Hearing hearing this, hearing Daniel basically downplay and say DeAndre Hopkins is. Arguably one of the best wide receivers in football. Not arguably is one of the best wide receivers in football. 
you know, isn't necessarily going to be, it's not a big loss because he's more of a word. He's never, he hasn't been used as he should be used within the Cardinals. Guess offense. what? You still have DeAndre Hopkins to worry about. It's about the attention that he brings from opposing defenses. Listen, like you have to have extra attention added to DeAndre Hopkins when he's on the field. Now you have no DeAndre Hopkins on the field. Well, you're going to put your number one corner on Hollywood Brown who knows how to run one or two routes. Sure. That's fine. I'll take that. But like, we got to stop with this crap like, oh, DeAndre Hopkins is not a big loss or they'll be fine. Their secondary is where their big concern is. They have bigger concerns than that. Listen, the fact of the matter is the, I, I need to see – listen, I, I, I think that – I think it's going to be a huge loss. I was hoping to see um, DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown and all these guys hit the ground running. They're unfortunately not going to be able to do those things. But, like, one, one of the two things can be this can be true, right? Like, bo- both things can be true. Now – not only one thing has to be true. Like Hollywood Brown um, is not a number one wide receiver. We all can agree to that. Yes, yes. DeAndre Hopkins losing, missing six games is a big deal. The Cardinals secondary is a big deal. Uh, you know, yeah. both things can be true. So let's not downplay one or the other. I'm not going to discredit what Daniel was saying. Their secondary is in shambles. They do need to fix their secondary up. But I'm st- we, we still have to talk about the elephant in the room, which is what the topic is. DeAndre Hopkins suspension and what this means for the Cardinals. The fact of the matter is it's a huge loss. It's a huge ass loss. No matter how which way we try to spin it, mm. same first take. The fact of the matter is it's a big loss to this Cardinals team. And I, you know, I'm very curious to see how they're gonna make up for it because I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is that offensive genius and mastermind that people thought he was gonna be, but I'm curious to see what, what they're able to do. Do they rely more on the running game? We'll see. Does 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 Ron, Rondell Moore, does AJ Green step up and you know all these different pieces step up? We'll see. I mean they they added another tight end too, I believe. Uh, right? they, Trey McBride, yeah. Trey McBride, and now you got Zach Ertz. So I mean, you have receiving options to go off of. It's just all about how they're going to make, how they're going to pass the time until DeAndre Hopkins back on the field. But sit up here and act like DeAndre Hopkins isn't a huge loss for this Cardinals team is I just, sickening. Sickening. It, it, okay, I, I don't think it's sickening. Wait, because, Daniel, is it or is it not? Because you said I've heard you say it isn't a big loss. <laughs> no, 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 it is. He's a top ten receiver. I'm so confused as to where listen, you are. It, at right okay. Now. Losing DeAndre Hopkins hurts. (laughs) Losing DeAndre Hopkins, your team. I just personally don't think it's as big of a deal as everyone is making it. I don't. I don't. I think if Kyler Murray is that good, he should be able to make up for it with his talent. He loves running. He loves using his legs, getting out of the pocket. Okay, make stuff happen. Make stuff happen. I think you're sitting on the fence. What? I'm just. I love this. I love this. I love this comment. I love this comment by Chase. Uh, and and, and uh, my, my, my boy uh, Caleb can resonate with this. He said it's like a fighter fighting with one eye out there. When Hopkins is on the field for the defense, he makes sure one side of the field is focused on him. And, and it's true, right? You know what I mean? Yep. Like it's 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 a fact. You know what I mean? They they need a guy like that. That's why they traded for DeAndre Hopkins. He is their number one wide receiver. So, like, I mean, I think we all can agree, right? That was, uh, that was a pretty interesting take. <laughs> most of us can agree. Uh, the guy yeah, in the box. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. So while we're on the topic of just these veteran receivers, and we talked a little bit about the Marquise Brown trade as well, we got obviously got to talk about A.J. Brown going to the Philadelphia Eagles. Titans are trading him for first-round picks, a little bit of other draft capital, uh, and essentially saying, look, we love Traylon Burks. We think he can be the A.J. Brown replacement or you know, 90% of that at a much cheaper cost. Whether we agree with that or not, we'll talk about that, but want to start off with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, and Caleb, I want to start off with you. Can A.J. Brown take that Eagles offense to the next level? 
the Eagles offense, absolutely. Um, the Eagles offense definitely got better this offseason. They've added weapons for Jalen Hurts. Um, this is really, I think, going to be the year for Jalen Hurts to kind of decide if they're going to stick with him or not, especially with the offense that they have now. Um, but, yeah, the offensively, yes. I still have questions with the Eagles secondary and what they're going to do with that spot. But as far as the offense, uh, I think they can definitely compete in that division now. So, Okay. I, I really – no, 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 no. I don't disagree with Caleb. This is where I'm thinking from the Tennessee Titans perspective. Because, Caleb, I don't even really need to talk about the Eagles anymore. I think you summed it up perfectly. That passing offense, they were last in passing volume last year. It's put up or shut up time for Jalen Hurts, really. But I do want to make sure we touch up on the Titans, too. Because on the flip side, this is huge for them. You're trading your alpha wide receiver one. This dude's a top five receiver in the league. Uh, and you're replacing him with Traylon Burks. This is, a, this is a huge leap of faith. I like Burks a lot. I think he can actually be 80 to, to, you know, I don't even want to say fully A.J. Brown because that's a huge comp to make. But like 80% of them, very similar prospects, big, you know, alpha receiver, can win down the field, create separation downfield, don't care about the 40 time, he has the long speed, and he's really good with the ball in his hands. But Daniel, what did you think about this trade for Tennessee? For Tennessee, first off, he can't re replace A.J. Brown's production. Right off the bat. I mean, and, and there's I see a lot of people on Twitter, you know, oh, he's going to – no, he, like, no, trust me, he's not A.J. Brown. I mean, that was the idea behind the whole – I, mean, I get it. And you're saving money. I get it. That, Tristan's comment, yes. But, but I have a feeling this Titans team, they know that they're not going to compete right now. There's a reason why they drafted Malik Willis. I don't think Tannehill – you just and said that crummy ass really division. You don't think they can? They don't think they can win. You got Mike Vrabel. Oh, they, was, oh Dana, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> no. They were the number one. I'll let you talk in a minute. They were the number one seed last year, numero uno. And you don't think they think in that crummy again, crummy ass division? That is the worst division. <laughs> in the it is bad. It is bad. I'm sorry. With all due respect, the wow. Texans, the Jaguars, still rebuilding, and the Colts are fine. Like they're cool. But they, they ain't all that. They're not the Bills. No. The Titans aren't making the playoffs this year. You don't, Titans, like, you don't, you Titans, don't think, Titans, they think they can compete right now. Okay, no, no, no. Well, 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 there's a difference. What do you mean compete? compete? What do you mean compete? Do you mean make the playoffs? Or are we talking about win a playoff game? This team is not. You see the other teams in the AFC? Daniel, I agree, but you're saying you just said you don't think they have the mindset. You don't. You're telling me the Titans are going to rebuilding mode is what you said. I don't have a problem with saying they won't win a playoff game or whatever, but saying they no. believe they're in rebuilding mode now. They're, they're I, thinking I financially. They're thinking financially. Like, AJ Brown, they didn't want to pay him that contract because if you're thinking about winning now, you don't trade AJ Brown. I'm sorry, this team, like Trey Lombard, they expect him to give you that production. To expect the other, who do you have? Who? What other receivers do they have? Robert can, can, Woods, I mean, uh, tight end. Great, enough, no. Offense a lot. Like, to expect that, you know, if you're going all in now, if you're saying Ryan Tannehill's my guy now, we're going to win now, you don't make that trade. I'm sorry. You don't rely on a rookie receiver as a Traylon Burks rookie receiver as your number one guy. I, I, I still think that they can maybe make the playoffs. It's 50-50. I have the Colts winning. You just said that they're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I, I don't believe that they are. I don't, but once again, it is football. Anything can happen. I'm not. I'd be wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Let's spin the block. Let's spin the block real quick. And where's the drift ski? Let's spin the block real quick. Let's take it. Let's back it up for a second. Do you think that this Titans football team can make the playoffs or do you not think they can? Can they make the playoffs? Okay. Yes. They, they can make the playoffs. Thank I don't you. think that they can. Then you said, are they just making the playoffs or are they trying to win a playoff game? My guy, any team yeah. that makes the playoff 
can potentially win a playoff game. Your Patriots, okay, right? No, no, no. Let's go let's talk about it. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Your Patriots last year that you were so high on Mac Jones and stuff like that, were they playing to make the playoffs or were they playing to comp- actually compete? Well, if you make the playoffs, you're obviously in a potential to compete. The fact of the matter is, it, and this is newsflash to you, Daniel, too, probably your Patriots are still not contenders. Even this year. Oh, I know. I and know. They, even if they make the playoffs, I'm just scared to break that to you. Whether you I know. know. And, I know. The, and, and when it comes to the Tennessee football Titans as well, I mean, I understand the logic, uh, you know, behind trading A.J. Brown. You had A.J. Brown who was he was a little bit of a diva, if I'm going to be real with you. A.J. Brown's a dog. I'm wrong. I like him. But he's a little bit of a diva, too, putting, putting up cryptic, cryptic messages on Twitter and stuff like that all because of a contract negotiation. I don't know when that became cool, when that became a trend, but like, that's not how you handle yourself. But again, maybe these, these players weren't really taught sort of how to handle contract negotiations and how to actually be a team leader and making a team that actually want to invest money in you. Um, It was a lot of, it was a lot of red flags when it came to AJ Brown from, uh, did he actually want to be here or not? Was he unhappy? Was he disgruntled? Like whatever the case may be. So I understand the watch behind trading them. And I heard you say, Traylon, Traylon Burks is no AJ Brown. We don't know that yet. He could be better than AJ Brown. We don't know. We don't know that yet. Year one, I I don't think that he can be year one. I don't think so. All right. Well, uh, okay. And maybe they're playing the long-term game. Yeah, that's fair. And that's fine, right? You're not, listen, he was drafted in the first round for for you know for a reason. You know what I mean? We don't we don't know what's gonna really come up with him. So for I don't think anybody, any of us could say, oh, what he is and what he is gonna be. What I can tell you is Traylon Brooks was my personal favorite wide receiver coming out of this draft. And that's a fact. I think the dude's an absolute dog. I think the dude is versatile. He could bring a lot to a football team. And um, I don't think that the jury is necessarily out on him. I think that I, I, mean, I, think, the jury, I think the jury's still out on him. I don't think that there's I don't think any of us could say that he's what he what he's gonna be versus what he's not gonna be. Now, talking about what A.J. Brown is going to mean for the Philadelphia Eagles, let me be very clear, not a damn thing. Not a damn thing. I don't believe in Jalen Hurts. I'm going to just be real with you. I don't believe in Jalen Hurts at four. That has nothing to do with adding A.J. Brown. That Jalen Hurts, like it, <laughs> A.J. Brown, adding him to that offense gives him another weapon one way or another. That's fine. Caleb, the question was, does AJ Brown take Philly to the next level? And I'm here to tell you right now, he does. They didn't. They didn't even have an arguably a number one receiver last year, and now you. They didn't. They didn't. They, I'm saying they didn't. Now I'm asking you. They didn't. No. Um, at, at best, you have Devonte Smith, right? Oh, okay. So what was Devonte Smith? <laughs> I. All right. I'm just asking. all right. I hear you. But AJ Brown is a much better receiver right now than Devonte Smith is. Oh. That's yes. fine. He also was in his like what year in exactly. Hey, that's the, that's the point. I'm say he's not going to do anything for this offense is no 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 no. You said that the question. I never say he's not going to do anything for the offense, right? Because doing something for the offense, like please don't take what I'm saying out of context. The question was, does AJ Brown take Philly to the next level? Philly was a playoff team this year. Yeah. So if we're talking about taking them to the next level, okay. I, I that, okay. I understand. I got you. No, he doesn't. I'm sorry he doesn't. I, we need to see real strides out of Jalen Hurts at the quarterback position. And that's not me talking crap. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's that's those are things that they that they really need to work on. That's things that he really needs to work on. I'm very, very curious to see how it um uh I, 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 I'm really curious to see how he progresses as a quarterback in the National Football League this year. But I'm not moved by AJ Brown getting traded. Like we gotta stop with this whole sin. We gotta stop with this logic. 
thinking that just because a, a, a very good wide receiver moves on to a different team with a meh quarterback, that automatically that offense is going to take the next step. I'm seeing it with, when it comes to I'm seeing it when it comes to uh, Chiwetaga Viola and and uh, what's the what's the wide receiver's name uh, Tariq Hill. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like that doesn't we don't we don't know we don't we don't know. I'm just saying like I I believe quarterbacks make what's the word I'm looking for? I think quarterbacks make uh, like great quarterbacks make meh receivers look good. I don't know if meh receivers make I don't know if great court if great receivers make meh quarterbacks look. Good. I don't know if I, I believe that. So. So this is where I see all, all sides of the, the coin here. I agree with Malik. The Eagles are not going any farther with Jalen Hurts at the helm. They made the playoffs last year. That's pretty much their ceiling at this point with A.J. Brown or without him. But I see what uh, you know Dean's saying in the comments and what Caleb's saying and the fact that, yeah, you are getting this alpha receiver, this guy who's a top 10, top 5 yeah. out in the league. And, and, yeah, for the long term, like if they replace, Absolutely. let's say – they have all this ammunition. They move on from Jalen Hurts next year, and they get themselves a really nice young quarterback. Maybe they trade up for a guy in the draft. Who knows? It's a great long-term play. But, yes, for next year, I would agree with Malik and say it doesn't take them to the next level because they, frankly, already hit their ceiling. Um, but I do want to talk about the Packers while we're on the topic of wide receivers because they did not take one in the first round. To some people's surprise, others not really. Um, but Daniel, you haven't talked in a minute, and I know you've been uh, you know, taking a lot of heat today. But maybe, maybe you can uh, – Right, your wrongs. I guess that's the word I'm looking for, uh, depending on what you got to say here. But Packers not taking a wide receiver in the first round. What'd you think? First off, don't think I have many many wrongs today. Um, but I'm I'm not surprised. Listen, I this is if we were surprised at this, then did we not learn anything after Jordan Love? Like 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 this this organization. It's people are saying, you know, oh, they how come they didn't give him wide receiver? They haven't been doing this his whole career. They haven't been doing this. For his whole Aaron Rodgers whole time, so what do we? Why do we expect it to change? Like, yes, they got rid of Devontae Adams, so you would expect them to add another receiver. But we've been saying this this his whole entire career. Oh, why didn't they take a receiver here? Why didn't they do this? I'm not surprised. I, I like I'm generally I didn't expect them to. I would I if if I was in the position I would have. If I was in the position three years ago, I would have. Uh, two same thing. This year I was not surprised that they didn't go wide receiver round one, which is also why. They took one in round two, but I wasn't surprised. Tristan, you nailed it. This is what I've been saying all week. There wasn't a good value on the board. Now, does that mean Green Bay maybe shouldn't have traded up? I heard Aaron Rodgers wanted Traylon Burks. I think Traylon Burks is a top three receiver in this class. He's right up there with Garrett Wilson and Drake London. Wouldn't have been a bad move. You need a receiver. He's talented. But considering they didn't move up, there was no round one receiver left on the board by the time they were on the clock at 22. I'm sorry, there wasn't. Like, am I wrong? No, none went in the rest. After Trey Lumberks, there was no receiver taken in the first round for a damn reason. None of those guys were first-round picks after Trey Lumberks. None of them. So, I, you know, could the Packers have traded up? Sure. But they didn't. They stayed pat, and I didn't think there were any first-round talents at receiver. So, don't reach. Uh, but, Caleb, do you have any thoughts? No, I mean, I agree with you completely. Like, there, there wasn't – they did what they had to do, and that was take the best available player. They addressed it in, you know, in the second round with their – their first pick in the second round. So, it, I mean, is if they – I would still like to see them address it kind of more this offseason and see what they can do. Um, I, if they will, I'm not sure. But, yeah, as far as value goes, there wasn't a receiver left in that first round for them to take that they wouldn't have been reaching for. Well, obviously, we got to talk about Christian Watson, though, because they take him at the top of the second round. Personally, not a big fan of him as a prospect. He's really athletic, especially for his size. There are tools there, but he's unrefined as a route runner. A lot of drops uh, late to Claire from a non-Power 5 school. Just 
I didn't love Christian Watson as a prospect. Uh, but Malik, you want to you want to talk about this pick? No, I want to talk about the Packers. Uh, not taking a while <laughs> okay. to see even round one. Um, well, to start with, I don't know why it matters where you take a wide receiver at, especially where the run on wide receivers did happen. Let's start there. Uh, number two, do we forget who the Packers quarterback is? Like, I'm just genuinely asking. Uh, no, we forget who the Packers quarterback is. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, he has thrown to guys like Alan Lazard, who, if he wasn't on the Packers, he probably wouldn't be in the National Football League. Through the guys like Mario Valdez Scantling, still has Randall Cobb on the team, um, Jake Camaro, Camaro, whatever you call it, want to say his name, last name is. There have been countless wide receivers that Aaron Rodgers has thrown to throughout his entire football career and has gotten great production from. I think there's too much being made of. Oh, the Packers didn't draft a wide receiver or reach to draft a wide receiver. I just think that's a hot topic. It's easy to bag on the Packers organization. It's low hanging fruit. I get it. I really do get it. But Let's not lose sight of the fact that who they have at quarterback. And um, I genuinely believe he's the best quarterback in the National Football League, back-to-back MVP winner for the right reasons. Aaron Rodgers, phenomenal talent, and he gets the best out of his players and gets the best out of his wide receivers. So I just want to add on to that. I, I mean, the, too- the argument to that, Malik, is like if they were to have traded up, right, and added to Traylon Burks, how much better does that make the Packers? They, they Sure, they, I, I agree with you. But I also want to just reiterate that he's had the best wide receiver in the National Football League on his on his team for like the last six years or so. And that what has that done? Yeah. You know, you feel you see what I'm saying? So like again, I think too much is being made about the Packers not drafting wide receiver round one. Do you like the yes. guy that they did draft? I'm curious to see how that all pans out. Um, but no, I that's it's foolish to keep bagging on the Packers organization for not taking a wide receiver round one. And let's not forget, there's still some tremendous talent at the wide receiver position still in free agency. And it's going to be a second wave of free agents coming up. There's still guys like Julio Hamstring Jones um, still sitting out there and stuff like that. So it's, I I feel like the dust hasn't settled just yet on the Green Bay Packers. Mm, I like, I, I talked about them maybe getting Will Fuller. I know he can't stay healthy, but when he's on the field, he's an awesome deep target. Uh, I think he's an upgrade to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, to be completely honest with you. I, I, MVS got overpaid, whatever. I think Will Fuller's a good talent, though, uh, when he is healthy. But I want to make sure we obviously touch upon the NFL draft more and just these prospects, because two hundred fifty over 256 picks in the draft, tons and tons to get to. Obviously, we're not going to talk about every pick today, but we're going to get to some of our favorites, some of the winners and losers in the NFL draft, and, and that's where we'll start. We'll start with the winners and losers. Uh, Caleb, why don't you start us off here with your winner? Of the NFL draft. I mean, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure this is a consensus. Um, but the Jets, uh, definitely one of my winners of the draft. Um, it, it doesn't hurt having two top ten first round picks, um, but adding Sauce Gardner and then Garrett Wilson for so a weapon for Zach Wilson finally, and then to be able to add Ber- uh, Brees Hall and Jeremy Rucker later in the draft. Jermaine Johnson too. And Jermaine Johnson. Yeah, I mean, it was a great draft. They took basically some people's first receiver, first running back, and some people's first tight end all in the same draft. Um, so I- I'm pretty impressed with the Jets. <laughs> you said, sorry, you said Jeremy Rucker was. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, Jeremy Rucker. Okay, not the, not the I first. Get your not. Point. I get your point, Jeremy Rucker. Some people third, think he is. No, he, he's not tight end one. But, Daniel, who's your uh, biggest winner of the draft? Um, I had the Jets. Um, I, 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 I had the Jets. But if I were to say another team, 
I have to go with the Buffalo Bills. I, I think I absolutely love what the Buffalo Bills did. There were a couple of main things that I take away. First off, they added to the cornerback, you know, Kyrie Elam. That's that was hands down one of the biggest needs. Added a star cornerback or a potential starter at the cornerback position. You added a running back, James Cook. Love what he's going to add to that running back room, and also their punter. It, no one wants to talk about you know special teams. That was one of the Bills' biggest weaknesses last year. Obviously, they didn't have to punt a lot against the Patriots. I think they punted a total of three times in those games. But I loved how they added the punter. I think that was huge. So I would say they definitely had had a good draft. Uh, Malik, yeah, I, I'll go first. I'll let you do the honors of going last because uh, no. I know I know I know you like to you know you can get your finale in. No, I'm only playing with you, Malik. But I think right now, obviously, the Ravens haven't been mentioned. Uh, but everybody's talking about the Ravens. I think the, the Giants deserve more props when it comes to the winter pool here. Uh, I didn't love the Wandale Robinson pick in the second round, but fact, fact of the matter is they grabbed the two best players in this class at five and seven. Gavon Thibodeau was number one. Uh, Evan Neal was number two. They, they That's fantastic. Those were two A-plus selections to start off their draft. Uh, we can talk about the sleepers all we want. I didn't you know necessarily adore their day two and day three, but you got the two best players in the draft at five and seven. That's a huge, huge win. Oh, I guess he 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 went before me because he knew where I was going and he knew why he he didn't want me to take his <laughs> my answer. I was gonna go with the Giants. Everyone knows how I feel about Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal. Kayvon Thibodeau was easily the best 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 player in this draft class. I don't know who needs to hear this. Your your favorite uh, draft analyst could tell you otherwise. I'm here to tell you right now, Kayvon Thibodeau is the best uh, not only pass rusher in this draft, but he's the best player in this draft. And he's gonna prove to everyone. Why he is now? You're gonna you're gonna pair him up with Aziz Ojolari, who they drafted last year. You got Evan Neal, you got Andrew Thomas, you got your two booking tackles for the future. Home run for the Giants. Whether it whether the rest of their their draft picks are bust, the fact of the matter is those two dudes that they drafted at five and seven are legitimate in building up the trenches. It was a huge, huge, huge get by the New York Football Giants and Joe Schoen. Start off his run as the Giants general manager. Or landing Kayvon Thibodeau and landing Evan Neal. Huge, huge, huge get for them. And uh, shame on the rest of the National Football League for letting the Giants get the two best players in the draft. That's insane to me. But extreme value. Now, uh, of course, not everybody's a winner. This isn't uh, seventh grade T-ball here. Or not seven-year-old you know, <laughs> T-ball. Not everybody's a winner. There are going to be some losers in the draft. Caleb, who's your uh, biggest loser? Um, I'm going to go with the commanders here. Um Definitely didn't have a great draft. They moved down five spots um, and picked up another, what, third and fourth, right? And instead of taking a receiver, um, instead of taking a receiver, they had, oh, no, 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 they did. They took the Don Dodson. Yeah, and so instead of having like a Jameis Williams or, or Jameson Williams or a Chris Olave, they ended up taking Jahan Dotson from trading back, which isn't my favorite move. Um, I, I would have much rather had one of those two other receivers. Okay. Daniel, who's your biggest loser? There's a, I think first off, I think the Jaguars, I think they have to be a loser, right? You look at all the draft capital that they had in this year's draft. They got some good players, right? You added Walker at the number one. You added Devin Lloyd. I really like him. And they added another linebacker, I think, round two. I just think you could have got more with, with all that draft capital in, in a team that, you know, with Trevor Lawrence, you need instant production. You need guys, you know, that are going to perform. And I don't know necessarily if they got the best of the best. So the way I look at it, like Trayvon Walker, like maybe no one wanted to trade up for the first overall pick, but I just, I don't think that they got enough bang for their buck with all the draft picks this year.
Malik, I, I won't steal your team this time around. You you can go ahead. Oh, I'm looking right at you right here when I say this. Your Patriots were big time. Yeah, I agree. At drafting My this pick. year, but it's uh, it, it's uh, yeah, it was very interesting. Uh, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna just take the easy way out with them. I'm also gonna go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers right here. Whoever don't whoever needs to hear this, I want you guys to look at me right now in the camera for all y'all watching right now. Drafting Kenny Pickett at pick 20 was egregious. It was a reach. It was a major reach. He's a guy that is still going to be there. I told uh, I told one of our guys here at TWSN, we were talking late night about that. I'm sure Daniel's probably texting him right now to come watch the show. I'm not. That, Kenny Pickett, that Kenny Pickett pick was awful. It was awful. He was a guy that was going to be there in the second round. Nobody was going to draft Kenny Pickett. Nobody was going to draft Kenny Pickett before them. But guess what? It made for a feel-good story. I understand. Pittsburgh kid. Uh, you know, he played He played. Uh, he played for uh, Pitt. You know, joined the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just thought the pick was a reach. And you go, you follow that up, and you draft George Pickens, who has off-the-field issues in the, the second round. I, You know, it'll be interesting to see how it all, how it all pans out. Congratulations to Pittsburgh Steelers fans for nabbing your quote-unquote franchise quarterback and Kenny Two Gloves Pickett. We'll see how it all shakes out, but uh, I am not a fan of Kenny Pickett. I think if Malik Willis was going to fall, I think Kenny Pickett should have fell too. I watched a game earlier this season. I watched several games, but I watched a game earlier this season where Kenny Pickett just completely got outclassed, struggled to read defenses, struggled to actually put air on the ball, things of that nature. And I saw a kid named Tyler Van Dyke absolutely outplay him on that football field, man. And that kid is going to be, I believe he's going to be a top five pick in next year's draft as well. So, um, I'll leave it at that. Kenny Pickett ain't it. Well, you mentioned the Patriots, Malik. I agree. Uh, we got to talk about them for at least a few minutes because I know uh, Daniel said he had some words he wanted to talk about. I, I think he might disagree that the Patriots were one of the bigger losers of the night. Maybe I'm I'm wrong, but Daniel, I'll let you uh, take the stage here. No, you're right. You're right. They were a loser. I, I just personally, I like two of their picks. Um, but the way that I think, I mean, they were losers because your first two picks, I'm sorry, like, Yes, I'm a huge fan of going and get your guys. I don't care, you know, if other people are going to call him reach. If Bill Belichick wanted Cole Strange and didn't think he would be the round two, go get him. But him and Thornton, I just don't think those two guys, and obviously too early to tell, they're not – that's not what you want to look for in your first two picks. I'm sorry. And I'll let you touch up on that. All I want to say, I love the Jack Jones pick, and I love the Bailey Zapp pick. Bailey Zapp is a player that in the fourth round, I truly – Sorry. It's not being homer. Like I, I truly think that. You think, hey, no, no, you don't want to. You want to know what Daniel Sexton is? It is being a homer. He thinks Bailey. It, it is not being homer. It's knowing what I've seen. Huh? Uh, like, what I, he thinks. He homer. thinks. He thinks Bailey Zapp can be the next Jimmy G. Uh, let's hear that. I, 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 I think. I think he could. But once again, it's it's a possibility. I think first off, Jack Jones needs to, if he can fit in the culture. He's had I, off the field issues. He's I, had personal I, issues. If he. And Malik can call me Homer all he wants, all he wants, but I'm telling you, watch the the guy on film. He will be a starter within the next two years if he doesn't have personal. Awesome, issues. great. If it's you funny. can get a starter in the fourth round, great. I mean, there there are tons of starters in the National Football League that get drafted in the fourth round. What are you talking about? And that's a win. That's a win if you can draft the starter. Daniel, in the that's fourth not round. that's not breaking news though. There are tons of players who get drafted. Sure. I'm simply just calling you a homer because he goes to ASU and we know how you love your ASU, dude. That's all I'm saying. I don't, but, I don't but, hold up, but I just I disagree with it. It's like you saying if, if you like some guy from Cincinnati, 
it's like, well, oh, I'm just Bama because fan. you're I'm a Bama fan. Let's be careful. I'm a Bama fan. I'm, I'm saying the Bengals. I'm saying the Bengals. But okay, okay from Bama. If, if you like a guy from Bama, that's mm-hmm. me immediately calling. Like, no, I know what I've seen out of film with Jack Jones. I He's know you've been raving about this guy for a while. When we were at the combine, you were raving about this guy. I'm just simply saying I don't see it, but cool. We'll see. Yeah. And also, but Aiden, I'm curious, what what don't you like about Bay, or Taekwon Thornton for sure? Because not a lot of Patriots fans know what he can be. Um, with Tyquan Thornton, uh, the uh, Baylor receivers, I think, just frankly put, they don't pan out in the league. Those Big 12 receivers, they just the hit rates are low on them. And when I look at Tyquan Thornton, he's also a late declare. Typically, early declares have a little more success in the league. And, and in terms of just the film, it didn't wow me. You love the long speed. Everybody talks about that. The 40 time was it was incredible. Uh, he's six foot two, pretty long arms, some contested catches on film. But I'm not too sure it's too sure it's going to be sustainable in the league because the dude struggles through contact. He's what like 180 pounds. He's he's pretty light again. He does struggle through contract contact. It's rerouted at times. So I like the quick release. I like the vertical speed, but. To be honest, I think they looked at Nelson Aguilar as a failure, and they said Tyquan Thornton kind of fits the role of, of a Nelson Aguilar. We like him. Let's go get him. He was not close to a second-round talent. I'm sorry. And they picked him over Sky Moore, uh, George Pickens, Alec Pierce, and, and even some later sleepers like a Khalil Shakir that I liked. And I know he's more of a slot guy, but a lot of receivers that I uh, that I would prefer over Tyquan Thornton. Overall, like Jack Jones, that was a good pick, whatever. But they had some reaches early in the draft, and, yeah, they're one of the biggest losers. Hey, Aiden, here's, you know, what, Aiden, you know what the beautiful thing about you being a longtime Patriots fan, being in Massachusetts, living in the Massachusetts area? I know they suck at drafting. Team, you know they suck at drafting. You're able to put your bias aside. They're, they're, listen, it was it's what the – I it's said they were losers. Like, I wasn't talking about you, Daniel. I was talking about Aiden. Oh, uh, no. For a second. You're able to be a realist about about things, you know what I mean? And I, I can respect that. Just throwing it out there. I can respect Thank that. you. I appreciate it, Malik. I mean, I've seen uh, 2018 draft class. I, I don't think there was a single hit in that class. Last year's class was the one that I was excited about. I was like, okay, they actually did decent. But I was still skeptical because the track record is awful. I've been saying that for years. And uh, this this year will certainly add to that uh, poor track record. Well, unfortunately. Aiden, regardless, they'll get back to their old ways, right, this year. We know that no, no pick on this draft class will be hit either, so it's fine. <sighs> You know, I, I look, I, I'm not too confident right now with the Patriots, but that'll be, you know, we're going to have off season. We're going to have months to talk about the Patriots and all these other NFL teams. I don't want to uh, go on a rant or anything like that, but before we uh, wrap it up with just the winners in the overall NFL draft, let's throw out our favorite pick because we talked about the winners, but there's always those selections that we really, really like. So we'll just go round table real quick. Uh, Caleb, starting with you, what was your favorite value pick in this year's draft? Um, I've raved about him on this show before, but Andrew Booth Jr. Um, falling out of the first round, going to the second round, pick 42. Malik can sit there and roll his eyes all he wants, but he has, I mean, elite ball skills in the air and really good feet for a corner. I think he's going to come in and make a difference. Obviously, medical was probably somewhat of the concern that made him drop out of that first round, but I really do believe he'll come in and make a difference day one. Daniel? There, there, there's a ton of guys I can talk about. I won't be a homer and talk about Rashad White. I won't do it. Um, I'm going to say uh, Broncos tight end Greg Dolchich. Dolchich, Dolchich out of, of, of UCLA. And the reason why I think he's such a huge steal and such one of my favorite picks is because he's going to step in there and potentially be the starter. They only have one other guy. I know they have Albert O. I know they maybe added someone free agency. But they got him in the third round. I think he's very ta- – he's talented enough to be – Russell Wilson's number one tight end and it fills the need. So I, I loved what I saw out of him out of college. And I think a lot of people are sleeping on him 
being having a productive year this year. And I also like Tristan. Me and Malik talked to Zion McCollum at the, the Combine. Loved, loved what he said. Him going to the Buccaneers is awesome. Malik, who, what was your favorite pick? Outside of the obvious, I have a few. Do you mind if I list them, list them a few off that I loved? Go ahead. I uh, I love Kayvon Thibodeau, obviously, to the Giants. I'll keep saying it again. Extreme value, best player in the draft. You're able to land him where you're able to land him at. I think he's going to do wonders for that football team. I got to give credit to the Ravens. Kyle Hamilton getting him at pick 14. That was huge, a huge get. Getting, guys, getting a guy like Tyler Lindenbaum in the draft was also a huge get. Drafting, um, uh, what's his face, Isaiah Likely. That late in the draft, in which they, absolutely insane get. I mean, I was kind of, I was honestly in, in shock about it. Um, the Jets drafting Jermaine Johnson, but I'll tell you what my favorite pick in the entire draft was, and it probably goes under the radar a little bit, but I'll tell you who it was. It was Nicobe Dean going to the Philadelphia Eagles, yeah, in which and where they got him, man. And they got, oh my god, I forgot. Thanks, Dean. I appreciate that. The Ravens getting David Ajabo. That was yeah. huge. There, th- this draft was uh, was a huge get for some football teams, man. But um, yeah, Nicobe Dean lasting as late as he did, obviously with the medical concern of not wanting to get surgery from that injury um, that he suffered after this after the end of the season as he was preparing for the NFL draft. But landing on the Philadelphia Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles lucked themselves into Nicobe Dean. This is a guy that should have been a first round pick, top twenty five talent, um, easily some some people's eyes the best linebacker in the draft. Um, he falls to them, and the Eagles had a f- phenomenal need at line. Backer. I think the Philadelphia Eagles hit this draft out of the park. Um, unfortunately, they don't have a quarterback yet, but um, it, it, they're still building for the future, right? I will tell you this as well. I'm going to say this, and I want everyone to look at me when I say this as well. There's a guy that went undrafted to the Philadelphia Eagles who I had the pleasure mm-hmm. of talking to at the NFL uh, scouting combine, and he is a quarterback. And he's a guy that I think with the right with the right coaching – Jalen Hurts, I'll be sweating a little bit. I'm going to be real with you. I'll be sweating a little bit. Carson Strong. Carson Strong. Keep an eye on that name. I'm curious to see how he plays throughout rookie minicamp and the way he plays the plays out of uh, out of training camp. I'm telling you right now, that boy is no joke. He's got an arm on him. Can't believe you know, he went undrafted. I can't believe he went undrafted, but guess what? I think he's going to be one of the stories where a guy goes from undrafted to starter at some point. Carson Strong, Mark Marwars will be the Eagles starting quarterback at some point. Yeah, there are definitely some medical issues with, with Strong because there's no way he would have uh, gone undrafted if there weren't. I don't see. I know there's some mobility concerns, whatever. He was playing on a bum knee last year, which is the big medical concern with him. Uh, but there's some arm talent there for sure. And I don't see any way he goes undrafted without some serious medical issues. But if he overcomes those, you could be right, Malik. Uh, I think he could at least develop into a nice backup. If not, then you could push Jalen Hurts for the starting job in, in one universe or another. I, it's not It's not impossible. Um, some of my favorite sleepers, I think Matt Levine brought up Matthew Butler to the Raiders, who, by the way, had an awesome draft. I love Dylan Parham in the third round, some of the versatility he brings on the inside. Thought he was a really good prospect, really good get, along with Matthew Butler. I've been preaching Zach Tom. I think the Packers got him at like 140. I thought that was a great value pick. Uh, just some of the, those are some of the ones that come off the uh, – the top of my head. I love the trenches. I, I like some of the old wide play. So those are some of my favorites there. But yeah, Daniel. go ahead, Daniel. One other guy. I think you I think you put this on Twitter. Keontae Ingram. I'm yes. pretty sure that was you. Yes. Cardinals running back. Because right now they don't have many. I know they have Chase or they have uh, James Connor. 
but I don't know who else they have. You know, Benjamin. It's nobody really. Keontae Ingram out of USC. I I I think that he can definitely he can be good. I love it. Uh, so before we get out of here, we're gonna you know. As the offseason goes along, we're going to talk a lot more about some of these surprise teams and making projections for the 2023 season. Uh, but just post-draft, what is one team we think could actually surprise the league? Daniel, I'll let you start first. Uh, do, do we hear? Do we want to get to this question first? Yeah, we oh, do. Okay. Yep. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. My apologies. Yep. Um, uh, I'll start it off. I, I think... First off, this class wasn't good. And, and, and the biggest thing behind, you know, everybody wants to say, hey, who's the next quarterback? Who's the next Joe Burrow that comes from, from nowhere and it comes up? Maybe there just isn't one. So so for me, I wasn't all that shocked to see everyone slide a little bit. But to, to be honest, like the slide of Malik Will is crazy. It, it, it just shows that none of these teams really valued any of these quarterbacks as potential starting quarterbacks because we always see guys you know teams trade up into the first round look at jordan love look at lamar jackson teams trade up to get the quarterback at the end of the first early second this just showed me that none of the teams like these quarterbacks i personally think that the late second round i would have taken a shot at malik willis i don't think that it malik willis should have fell at all to the third round but this just told me you know these teams did not value these quarterbacks and the only reason Kenny Pickett went, I think, is because they had the hometown connection. They just somehow fell in love with him. So teams just didn't like these quarterbacks. Yep. I mean, the league told us what they think about him, right? You, one goes at, 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 what, pick 20 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's the latest we've seen a quarterback be drafted in, in decades. And then, you know, the rest of the guys fall to the third round. Sam Howell falls to the fifth. The league again they told us what they think about this quarterback class it's not good we've been saying this for months now like it isn't a good quarterback class at all and we still expected them to be reached on a lot of us expected two three maybe even four quarterbacks to go in the first round because it's the most valuable position in the league but team said no screw that there isn't a first round talent in this class we're not going to tie our name to one of these guys that we don't feel like we can stand up on the table for uh, unless you're the pittsburgh seals with kenny pickett you know i, I want to kudos to a lot of football teams right here Yes. And people in management, I want to give credit to them because if it was this, if this was the old NFL, I want to say maybe about five years ago, you would have seen teams reach. Mm -hmm. You would have seen teams not stick to their 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 board or, or stick to their guns and knowing exactly what they what their what their uh, evaluation tells them about these quarterbacks. You would have seen guys reach. I remember when it was an awful draft class. We saw guys like Christian Ponder and Jake <laughs> Walker go in the first round, and all those guys were out of the league within six years or seven years, something like that. I'm just really, really, I'm impressed because this is a quarterback-driven league, and the league will literally try to suffocate these quarterbacks down down our throat, so to speak, and tell us that these this is the next guy, and here he is. Um, it, it just goes to show you how 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 much how, how advanced I would say that some people in you know these front office positions have certainly become. Unless you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, who still operate as if this is 1990, and you fall in love with a dude and Kenny Pickett, who is going to be awful. Um, but I, I just want to just give credit to. Uh, a lot of NFL teams because everybody didn't you didn't have to be it don't matter if you were evaluating quarterbacks for five years no years everybody came away with the same thing this quarterback class sucks and you know people are like oh well you know I think you know I'm telling you this quarterback can go in the first round and it was all smoke and mirrors people trying to push their clients up and things of the nature and you know hopefully help help them land somewhere else now credit to Malik Willis right for I mean I think he handled it with with class, you know what I mean. He 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 was he didn't get too uh, 
go too crazy. I, I'm really excited to see if Malik Willis can actually learn behind Ryan. Um, yeah, learn <laughs> um, in the Titan system. I'm not going to say learn from Ryan Tannehill, but uh, if he can learn in the Titan system and sit back and I think we could potentially see some type of success. I do think we will see Malik Willis at some point this season starting mm -hmm. for the Titans, though. I do think that. Okay, so – now we got to talk about the wide receivers because the wide receiver market, obviously Christian Kirk signs that massive deal. It pushes the market in terms of money. And then in the draft, we see Drake London go at eight, Garrett Wilson go at 10, say trade up for Chris Olave at 11, Jameson Williams at 12, the Lions trade up to go get him, Jahan Dotson at 16, you got Traylon Burks, and then Marquise Brown gets traded for a first round pick. It's on. It's in fuego right now is what it is. This wide receiver market has gone crazy. It's on fire. Caleb, talk to me a little bit. What is going on with the wide receiver market? I mean, yeah, uh, exactly what you said. It's a it's a good day to be a wide receiver in the NFL. Um, they're they're in demand, and everybody wants that that game changing wide receiver. Um, and, and teams are willing to overpay for it at this point. Um, uh, we saw it with, and, and I mean, obviously the Christian Kirk contract didn't help the market at all. Um, but but teams definitely that they're in the market right now. And if you're a wide receiver, it's a good day. So, Daniel, again, the question down below is, what does this insane wide receiver market mean for the NFL? So, as these years goes on, what do you think are some trends that are going to pick up? I, I mean, the first trend I kind of see already happening is teams just being okay with these receivers going off to different teams, right? It, it's almost the same thing with the running backs, and maybe not to the level of at wide receivers, but – Teams are okay with saying, hey, you know what, we'll let this guy go and we'll just go get his replacement in the first round. Or we'll let this guy go and we'll just go get a guy in round two and round three that can put up similar production and that can be give me potential on a rookie contract. Because that's not that's something that not a lot of people really look at. Being talented and being on a rookie contract is so good for your team. If you can succeed and be on a rookie contract, what more does a team want? So I think it means, you know, teams are going to value a lot more of these younger guys and it's gonna it's just it's gonna not devalue the position but teams will be okay with letting these star receivers go off and to other teams and get bags from teams that aren't as good Malik, do you have any thoughts you want to add oh, yeah this is the nfl basically telling these receivers that we run here you just live here it's like the denzel washington speech from training day they saw that same contract that um he got they saw that insane contract that a guy like um what's his name what's the wide receiver's name Devonte Devonte uh, Adams uh, the from the Packers the one who got traded for the uh, yeah traded to the Raiders they saw that contract that he got and they said whoa, whoa, whoa we are going to get this thing out of control before you know before someone before before these receivers start requesting an insane amount of money I mean didn't DeAndre DeAndre Devonte Adams get paid like one hundred and thirty million or something like that that's that's absolutely so twenty eight million like Jamar Jamar's gonna get the Jamar is going to get the bag, but at the same time, he deserves it. You, what you don't want is you don't want guys who don't deserve it, but because they still are like, so you have, you have, you have like a, a certain tier of receivers, right? You have your great receivers, you have your good receivers, you have your above average receivers, you have your average receivers. What will start to happen is a lot like what, you, what we see with the quarterback market. If you're an average to good starting right. quarterback, you can get a hundred million a year easily. No questions asked. Ask Andy Dalton, ask Ryan Tannehill. They made a career off of it. Um, but if you look at what you don't want is you don't want to start paying, overpaying uh, good receivers, right? Like they're great receivers when we know they're not just because the value sets that.
So you're okay with letting good receivers go and replacing them, right? Yeah. And, and replacing them, but you're willing to pay the great receivers. You're willing to pay the guys that could potentially be really, really boom and be one of the greats. You're okay with paying that. But if you, if, but if you enter yourself, it's too many good receivers in the national football league for everyone to be getting, getting paid the, the absolute bank, so to speak. So you want to kind of get that under control now. Like AJ Brown isn't on the tier of a Jamar Chase or a Devontae, uh, a Devontae Adams or something like that, but he's still very good. Therefore, he, but he's still not worth the $130 million, $28 million a year type of contract just yet. So I think that this is the league basically just trying to get – not when I say the league, I mean teams as a whole. This is them trying to get that under 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 wraps. Somebody said Chiefs and Packers were willing to pay Hill and Adams. People shouldn't use that as a case study. I don't think people are using it as a case study, Dean. I appreciate your 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 comments and stuff like that, but you're 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 not necessarily accurate on what you're saying. I, I think what I'm saying is um those two guys were guys that saw what the market was going to shape up as, as and I'm not speaking in terms of uh I'm not pulling things out of thin air. I'm telling you what I know. Those are guys that wanted to break the bank, which is why they were willing to part ways uh with their team. And they wanted new contracts and they wanted to reset their wide receiver market and reset their, their value. And they believe that they could really uh, get a lot of money. Now, there are different ways you could sort of like phrase the con. You can put, the, you know, kind of uh, put the contract out there where you can front load it, back load it, whatever, whatever works for your football team. Every team does it differently in the National Football League. I'm saying that those guys wanted to break the bank. Those guys wanted to reset the wide receiver market, and they knew that they weren't getting that with the other team. When they realized they weren't willing, to, they weren't going to get that with their other team. They were willing to part ways with their current team and move on to a team that would potentially give them that. The Packers situation with Adams just worked out perfectly. It was his former college quarterback. He always wanted to play with him, and they were willing mm-hmm. to fork over the money. If they weren't willing to fork over the money, I don't think Adams would be a would be a Raider right now. So again, teams aren't willing to play good receivers great great receiver money you know what i mean but they are willing to play great receivers great receiver money and that's what we're seeing right now well i think we'll continue to see that trickle down effect okay so now we're getting into the surprise teams again i apologize for that uh and caleb i'll start off with you obviously again post draft we're starting to get a clearer image of what these teams will look like heading into next season so who's that early team that you think could surprise everybody so this may be a hot take, and I'm not saying they're going to compete for a Super Bowl, but I think they'll definitely compete for a wild card spot, and that's the Jets. I talked to them about them as my draft winner. I think they're going to be better than Daniel's Dolphins this year. Um, not my Dolphins. Oh, no, no, that, I, that that's what I want. No, 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 not my Dolphins. But no. in free agency, being able to add Tomlinson, CJ Uzama, and then to be able to go to the draft and do what they did, um, I, I really do believe they'll compete for a wild card spot. Daniel, go ahead. I have a lot of teams, man. There's so many teams. And Aiden, you guys know, this is the the part of the season I love, right? Because all hypothetical, we can, you know, see which teams can do what. Um, ooh, I, I'm going to start it off. A surprise team, I guess that isn't being talked about. I'll, I'll say three teams first off. I think the Raiders, the Vikings, and the Lions. Those three are my teams this offseason. Those are the three teams I think are going to outperform expectations. The Raiders aren't expected to be a playoff team. I think they're a playoff team. The Lions aren't – I don't know. I don't think they're going to win that that division tough. tough. Um, I think they make the playoffs. Um, but I want to talk about the Lions real quick, right? The, the Lions are expected to be the bottom feeders. The Bears are worse than them. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't see any reason on that roster, on the Bears roster, that gives me hope. And for the Lions – they got a decent quarterback in Jared Goff. You surround them with weapons. And people forget, offensive lines make 
teams. If you have a good offensive line, you will have a decent team. And the Lions have arguably a top 10 offensive line. Sewell is coming back for another year. And you added, you know, Jamison Williams, another year, Amon Ross St. Brown, DJ Chark on the team. Nothing great, but a lot of different, you know, additions. So I think them and also the Vikings, I, I'm sorry. They were my team last year. I'm rolling with them again this year. Daniil Hunter's returning. Got Zadarius Smith. Offensive line's looking better. And you still have that offense. Still have the main core. Cook, Thielen, and Jefferson. So those are my teams. I think they all outperform expectations this year. Well, I, I think right now one team, and I'm not necessarily saying they're going to win that division again. It's still very early. I haven't set in any stone any record predictions or anything. But uh, I think with all the buzz with the Bengals making the Super Bowl, the Browns landing Deshaun Watson, rightfully so. Those teams mm-hmm. probably better. But the Baltimore Ravens, I, I think, are getting a little slept on right now. Dealt with a ton of injuries last year. Lamar Jackson's hurt down the stretch. They didn't have a single relevant running back on that roster. The cornerback room's all banged up. Tons of injuries, and now they come into this year like Bateman's second season. He's going to be healthy. Uh, they just killed the draft. They've got themselves a starting center for years to come in Tyler Linderbaum. They got themselves, obviously, Kyle Hamilton, who's going to be an extremely versatile chess piece on that defense, and tons of other contributors on day two and day three. Don't even want to go through the whole list, but I think the Ravens are being a little slept on right now. Malik, go ahead. You know, I, I love the off season because we start crowning paper champions early. Mm. That's always fun to me. That's always a fun time. And I get it. We pat, we make it to pass the time. We talk about it to pass the time. And um, it, it's, uh, it's good. It's good for conversations. But let me be clear. You guys know I'm a straight shooter. I tell like it is. I'm going to look in the camera. I don't want to talk about which teams can surprise. All these guys make great points right here. I'm going to tell you what team is going to surprise because – they're going to have this division on lock again. And I think i got to remind some people. The AFC North runs through Cincinnati. I'm going to say it again. The AFC North runs through Cincinnati. I don't know who needs to hear it. Matter of fact, as, as far as I'm concerned, the AFC runs through Cincinnati because the AFC champions are the Cincinnati Bengals with the, with the revamped and improved offensive line. And there's still not a team that can check for Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. So I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm happy for the rest of these teams and their paper champions and the fact that they got one out there and they drafted and they, the fan base is so excited. They got Kenny Pickett and they got Tyler Lindenbaum and all these different players, David Ajabo, who ain't going to be able to play for them until next year for the Ravens. I'm telling you right now, the AFC runs through Cincinnati. And I think I just need to say that because I think people forget. I think people are forgetful of number nine and who the guy is that the Bengals have as starting quarterback. So I'm just going to remind you again, the AFC runs through Cincinnati. And if somebody, you know, if a team wants to step up and, and, and make it out of the AFC or think that they're they're the team to beat, well, they got to come see us. So I'm going to just leave it at that. Um, I, I know this was a segment of who's going to surprise. It shouldn't be a surprise. It shouldn't be a surprise because we know who come. We know who making out of the AFC North already. We know who making out of the AFC North already. It's gonna be the Cincinnati Bengals, and me and Daniel already got a bet on it. So I mean, at the end of the day, I think I just need to remind people because I think the Bengals are being slept on. I, I will say one thing: it is honestly because you know we're huge into betting here. It's sad how much Vegas is disrespecting the Bengals. Their over under line is ten and a half wins. Uh, if I what if I'm not mistaken, they had ten last year. Maybe they, had, they even had 11, but 
still for the the you know the team that just won the AFC to only have ten and a half potential wins and didn't lose anybody. For me, I'm looking at that line like it's cash. Even if the Ravens have a good year, ten and a half wins is nothing. It's cupcake. So I don't know. It's Vegas is definitely sleeping on the Bengals. That's that's for damn sure. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted I just wanted to remind people. That's all because I've seen people been tweeting. People, especially on this panel here, they've been tweeting stuff out about Josh Allen and the Bills. Oh, people yeah. Stuff out about the Ravens and this, that, and the third. And I just need to remind people. You know <laughs> what I mean? When the Chiefs was at their quote unquote best, we took them down in their house and in our house. Just we had we had to spin a block twice just so mm. people ain't forgetting. Right. People, people didn't think it was by accident. So let me just say it again respectfully for everybody once again who needs to hear it the afc runs through cincinnati and dean that's a cute little comment you made but guess what <laughs> uh listen if you if you believe that uh, you know at the end of the day marlon humphrey got 200 put on his head against jamar chase when they were healthy so i'm just saying like you still have to have someone that could check for them boys you still gotta have somebody that's gonna have be able to check you can't point at the Bengals and say oh eli apple is their starting corner now on their other side they fixed that Right, they got Von Bell, they got Jesse Bates, they added Daxton Hill, they got Joseph Asai coming back on the defensive line. Oh, baby, yeah. please don't think that we were healthy, that we were that we were that we were that we were fully healthy last year. So, like I said, I'm just saying this again for people that need a reminder because people seem to have recency bias based off of a draft. Listen, rookies are rookies and they're great, and they could do all this stuff like that and, and come in and help your team. But I just think it needs to be be set again. Because I think we have Patriots fans on the show, right? We have people who are supporters of the Buffalo Bills and the Dolphins of the world and all these different guys and thinking that they're going to potentially shot. Listen, talk to me about it maybe a year, the year after next or something like that. But as far as this year goes, the AFC runs through Cincinnati. We about to spin the block again and just to prove to everybody that last year wasn't a fluke. So leave it at that. Mike drop. Right. I <laughs> I, I, again, I can respect it. I mentioned the Ravens because I still think, you know, I'm, I, again, I didn't say they were better than the Bengals or even the Browns. I didn't say mm-hmm. they were going to win the division, but just felt mm-hmm. they were being a little slept on. Maybe, Tristan, maybe a bit. Tristan, Tristan just said the AFC is going to be a slaughter fest. No, the AFC West Absolutely. is going to be a slaughter fest. The AFC West is going to be a slaughter fest. I still expect the Bills to win the AFC East. Mm-hmm. I still think the Bengals are going to win the AFC North. I think that in terms of the AFC South, it's probably going to come down to the Colts and the Titans. I'm not going to sleep on the Jags this year. I'm just going to say that right now. I'm not going to sleep on the Jags just yet this year because I definitely think that Doug Peterson is going to bring some value there. But, no, Tristan, AFC, your division is going to be a bloodbath. Your division is 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 the you know is is what they have to deal with. We just gonna when I say we, I mean the rest of the AFC is just gonna pick up the carcasses, the bones that is left. But we chop it a bit. We can't wait to see you guys beat the hell out of each other. <laughs> no, that the AFC is gonna be insane this year, especially again the AFC West. Those are four teams that that could legitimately make the playoffs all in one division. It's going to be. We keep saying gonna, the AFC though. We keep saying I said AFC, AFC. West. I said AFC West. No, but you said the AFC. You said the AFC gonna be a blood. I don't think the AFC. It, it's gonna be, be tough. No, the, old, no. the whole the whole AFC is much stronger than NFC, and that's a fact. That's cool. Yes. That, that, that's cool. But like, nah, like it is what it is. Like the fact of the matter is that the Ravens are gonna do something. They would have did something the year when Lamar won MVP and they disagree. Running, running them. You could disagree all you want. If they're playing his playing style. They will not win. They will not be able to have postseason success. They won't be able to with that type of playing style. They've had postseason it, success. What winning a game and then losing, getting bounced the next game? Is that what we're about? Did they not make the, the conference championship two years ago? No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Oh, maybe but not. That's, 
Yeah, yeah, but uh, anyway, I, again, let me just say this again to y'all. Like, what are we talking about? They gonna they could be good in the regular season. The Steelers is not ready for now. Deshaun Deshaun uh, Watson is probably gonna miss several games this year due to suspension. So again, the AFC runs through Cincinnati. The AFC North runs through Cincinnati. The Buffalo Bills are going to win the AFC East. The Patriots are going to be very good. They're going to be they're going to do they're going to be what the Patriots are right. The Patriots nine win ten win team make the playoffs. Everybody else in that division, the Jets are probably going to still be struggling this year, trying to get their bearings under them. I expect them to really take a, the next step the year after next. But what are we talking about here? Like, let's not overcomplicate it, right? Like the fact of the matter is, it's going to come down to who your quarterback is, right? It's going to come down to who your quarterback is. When and if your quarterback's going to be able to uplift you, I'm t- I'm tired of being respectful and saying, oh, well, this team could do that. Oh, this team could do that when we know they're going to be in the same situation there in every single year. The Colts, just because the Colts make it out of the AFC South does not mean the Colts are the best team, are one of the best teams in the AFC. They're in a weak conference and a weak division. And I know people don't want to hear that. I know that's the unpopular thing to say. And I know in the beginning of the season, especially after the draft, everybody has hope and everyone's like, oh, boy, our team could do it. Raiders are not doing anything. Derek Carr is their quarterback. Hasn't been able to do anything since he's been there. I understand people are hyped about that. The dude telegraphs passes. I got a chance to see him play several times. And including live this year, I'm sorry, Tristan, no, you don't want to hear that, but the Raiders are not doing anything with Derek Carr as their quarterback when telegraphing passes, not happening. Now, the Chargers, can the Chargers make noise? Sure. The AFC West right now, though, is going to be an absolute slaughter fest. It's going to be very interesting to see who comes out. I'm just being real. I know people don't like to hear the truth, but I'm here to tell you the truth, guys. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear, right? Can those teams be like little wild card winner, being a wild card? Sure, but they're going to get bounced when they see when it, when the playoffs start. I'm just being real, I'm telling you like it is. Like, so I don't know need to hear. I, it, I just I disagree with that last statement. The, the Chargers. Okay. The, if the Chargers, Raiders, or Broncos make the wild card, they're going to no, get no, no, outside that's what I said. I said no, that's, that's uh, not what I said. Don't, 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 don't put words in my mouth. I you, said you, you just said without, No, that's not what I said. I said these little teams without an actual quarterback in place, like a star quarterback in place, they might be able oh. to make the playoffs and all that kind of stuff, but they're going to get bounced when the playoffs start because that's when the big boys play. That's when it's time to rock. And it, it comes down to who your quarterback is and who the healthiest teams. Tristan, I understand. You set up. I've been knowing you for like four years now, my man. You sit up here every single year and you talk about how the Raiders are going to do this and do that, and they don't. They don't do anything. They're not. They're still not doing anything. I, I know that's not what you want to hear, but they're not doing anything. I'm just being. No, it's, it's it. Dean, I just gave you t- reason behind my takes. You must be a fan of a team with not a very good quarterback or something like that for, for you not to like what I'm saying or understand what I'm saying. I understand that. I get that. But I'm just being very, very real with y'all. I'm gonna I'm keep it real with you. I, I suffered. I had a quarterback for several years who I had to pop pop myself up and say, oh, my God, we're going to be good no matter how good the team we had around him was. And every single year we'd be in a wild card and we'd get bounced. I'm not just telling you – I'm not about to sit up here and tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you a fact. The fact of the matter is if you don't have a very good quarterback, if you have a mediocre or a yes. subpar quarterback, that's not me saying everybody. And I might be saying that about Derek Carr because Derek Carr did take him to the playoffs last year. I'm just saying if you have a mediocre quarterback, a guy that does not elevate the talent around him and the players on his team, that's not me breaking news. That's not me saying – that's not me just pulling things out of thin air. You, your team isn't doing anything. I just Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Danny, what did they do? I just said they can make the they wild card. What did I just say? What did I just say, Caleb? Caleb, what did I just say? They mean, it's the Super Bowl. Caleb, what did I just say? He said if you have a mediocre quarterback, you could make the playoffs, but you'll get bounced. You made the Super Bowl. He made the Super Bowl. He made the conference championship. Two years ago. He didn't make the Super Bowl. What did they do? What, like what? Like – he made like, the Super Bowl. That's still. 
their defense was also like outrageous that year. Am I right? Like, I, something like that. Yeah, like yeah. every here's the thing. Every once in a blue moon, a team with a mediocre or even subpar quarterback wins the Super Bowl. Remember when the Broncos just, were shuffling between Brock Osweiler and Peyton? Manning? It just pains me. Hear me up. It pains me to see. It pains me to see teams like 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 fans of teams with mediocre to mediocre quarterbacks get hyped after every draft or free agency thinking this is our year to do something. And it's never going to be that year for you to do something. Again, I'm not trying to be a downer or negative and people are like, Oh, you're just, you're just saying that because no, I'm not saying, I'm just saying it because I, it's my job to come in NFL. I've been doing this for years. The fact of the matter is mediocre teams. Uh, you have a great team. If you have a mediocre quarterback when the going gets tough and you need that guy to actually step up on you again, guess what? Right. In the Super Bowl, when it mattered most, Jimmy. In the killed. Super Bowl. We're talking about the Super Bowl, though. Like, yeah, that's the biggest game. That's that's where that, – what do we do? What is the goal here? Just to go to Super Bowls? Like, a uh, conference championship? No, the goal is to win a Super Bowl. And it's – Daniel, whether you like it or not, it is true. It's very tough. And I get what you're saying. Like, it's not impossible oh. to go to a Super Bowl and win playoff games with a mediocre to a bad quarterback. Hell, again, the Broncos won with a bad quarterback. But it takes – it's got to be no injuries – Awesome defense, awesome Wait. team around him for that one-year run. It is so hard to do. Again, this is why the quarterback position is the most important position in the National Football League because if you don't have a good one, your odds of going far and actually winning and, the Super and, Bowl are and, so slim. You know what? I want to do a deep dive real quick because I think people think when I get on here, we make these takes, we just say what we want to say. Like what we're just saying is just say it. Now, like understand the Ravens, like I love Lamar Jackson as a, as a player. I love him as a player. I love him as a – like, let me say that I love Lamar Jackson as a player. I think he's exciting to watch. But it's a problem. You got receivers not wanting to go there to play with him because of their play style. You got receivers that are on the team wanting to leave because of the play style there because they're such a, a run-heavy team. So what happens in the playoffs, right? The, the and playoff intensity is completely different from the regular season intensity. You got teams stacking the box and throwing different exotic looks. Who is he going to be throwing to? Tight ends all, all the time? Because that's what they went out and do. They got three tight ends, Charlie Collar, uh, Mark Andrews, and Isaiah Likely. Are they going to be throwing the tight ends the entire game? Are they going to be running the ball and throwing the tight ends? That's, is that your game plan to take it to the next right. level? That's not a winning philosophy. If you, we want to break down X's and O's to get into it, that's not a winning philosophy. But, Dean, you asked the question. You said, who are the elite quarterbacks who have a chance? I think guys like um, I think guys like um, Mahomes, obviously, I don't love his offensive cast around him this year. I don't love it. I don't think they did nearly enough to fix the defense, and I still don't like Dean Pease as a defensive coordinator. That might be news, but it's just it's just it's just a fact. Um, when we when we nobody again, he's he's internalizing it. He's he's saying Lamar gets his gets his, has his flaws. And that's the thing about the game changers, guys. We interact with our guys. We interact with your comments. We want to talk to you about it, Dean. So like, I'm happy that we're having this conversation, my man. Lamar has no again. Nobody is dissing Lamar Jackson, definitely, definitely. but you have that. Like every team that's able to take it to the next level has an elite player on the outside at the wide receiver position yeah. that's able to take, take you know, take basically um make the life of that quarterback easier and make the life of the running game. Who is that for the Ravens, Rashad? Or an elite defense. Or an elite defense, and they don't have neither right now. David Ajabo was a fantastic pick, and they might have it the next year with the new defense coordinator. Might add the kid, the dude from Michigan, but they he they don't have him this year. Like so, what are, like when we actually get down to the nitty gritty of it, what are we talking about, right? So I look at a team like the Chargers. They got uh, they got Herbert. Herbert can do something. Can, can Herbert absolutely can do it? Mahomes, if his receivers take the next step, now they don't have to rekill. If he if he decides to take more time with his with his current crop of receivers and he's able to build that chemistry with them, they could do something. Joe Burrow and the Bengals, they were in it this year. They could do something. Josh Allen and the Bills, they could do something. The Raiders are one of those weird teams to where I think that they have a good team and they could probably push the envelope a little bit. They could potentially do something. 
I think the Broncos can, of course. Obviously, that's why yeah. I say the AFC West is going to be a, a bloodbath because it, they're going to be chomping at the bit to see who comes out of that out of that division, right? Yeah. With Russell Wilson and those guys, those guys can. But those are just a few quarterbacks in the AFC. I love. Listen, I love Bill Belichick. I love the New England Patriots. I love their culture. I love everything about them, and I think that would be a very good team. And I think scheme wise, if Bill Belichick is able to like throw a couple things differently at um at some of these quarterbacks, he can give these team a fighting chance. But at the same time, I think with today's NFL, Bill Belichick is learning. You need that 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 top tier quarterback to or, or or playmaker on the outside to really help take that team over the over the top. Like you you really 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 need that. And right now, the Patriots don't necessarily have that. I think they. Matt Jones is fine, but I'm not sure if you can win with a, with with his skill set yeah. at quarterback. I'll, I'll just say that I'm not sure. If you, you need can. an elite team around him, and they don't have yeah. it. It, it. Right, and that's where I'm at with that. Somebody said if Carr could just not make stupid decisions, this offense would be great. But that's the thing; it's the if he does make those those critical decisions. He's, his throws are extremely telegraphed. It's all about can the defense get there quick enough? Because it's just throws are sometimes telegraphed, man. I think Carr is not bad, but I'm not sure, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not sure, but that's not Dean. Again, I, I'm not, I'm not here. Um, yes. I love that question. Do I think Peterson will help Lawrence ascend to stardom? I think we're going to see Trevor Lawrence take a huge leap this year, a huge mm-hmm. leap this year. I'm not the biggest Doug Peterson fan, but he is better than what he had as his head coach before. And you least got somebody with play calling, with play calling knowledge and stuff like that. And I like what the, I like what the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing with their football, almost at the Eagles because he was a coach at Eagles. But I love what the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing right now to sort of help Trevor Lawrence. I still think that they're probably a year's away, a year away, maybe from doing something really, really special. Um, but no, in all seriousness, I, I think that we can see Trevor Lawrence take the next step. And I do think, I still think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a star in this league. I'm not of the belief that Trevor Lawrence is a bust, uh, like some people are. Some people come out and be like, Trevor Lawrence is a bust, shouldn't have been there. I will say this, though. Hear me out. Don't sleep on the Houston Texans. Do not sleep on the Houston Texans coming out of that division. They made a lot of noise, played a lot of plot, played in a lot of tough th- games that last year. Mm-hmm. And Davis Mills looked like the best quarterback, if I'm being real with you. If we want to talk about it, Davis Mills looked better than Matt Jones. That's mm-hmm. not a hot take. That listen, that might be a hot take for some people, but I'm just being real with you. Davis Mills mm-hmm. looked like the real deal last year. And I think there's a reason why they're willing to build around that kid and work with that kid. I really, really want to see what they're able to do. They, they, uh, they got Brandon. Um, they still got Brandon Cooks. We had phenomenal chemistry with. They uh, can we pull up somebody pull the Texans draft John, picks? John, John yeah. like I'm trying yeah, to offensive lineman Kenyon Green. Listen, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, Mills with the Pats, Mac with the Pats. I said no, Dean. I agree with you. Davis Mills, in my opinion, is better than Mac Jones. Davis Mills, and he got one of the best deep balls I, I, I've seen. For real, yeah, yeah. It's phenomenal. It's great. And there were some games this year that they had. They beat the, they beat the Chargers last year, didn't they? Yeah. They, it was like a one-score game. It was something. It was high for the high score. But, but it was weird. All game, it was like a two-score lead. They had like a two-score lead all game, and then the Chargers mm-hmm. closed, closed the deficit towards the end. Same with Patriots. Yeah, uh, that, that Texas team. I don't think they should have fired David Culley, but I'm very curious to see what happens with Lovey Smith. I think they need to be talked about more, and it wouldn't shock me one bit if they won the AFC South. They're over under is four and a half wins, Malik. Yeah, four hammer and a half. Hammer that. Hammer, hammer over that. Division. Oh my gosh. Hammer, hammer over on that. Yeah, the the, the Texans gonna show. They won. How many games they won last year? Three. 
Three or four. Three, four. All right. If they won four, that's that's crazy. Uh, let me check. Uh, uh, um, listen, somebody said Josh Allen, Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Stafford. Those are my elite quarterbacks. Maybe forgetting one. I don't know. If, I, I, don't, I ain't, I ain't going to say Matt Stafford, but he cool. They won yeah. four last year. I love Stafford going into the year, and then I let's just say he's my MVP pick. Whatever I threw it out there, I don't know if he's elite. I think he's getting a little overhyped after winning the the, the Super Bowl with the Los Angeles Rams and whatnot with Cooper Cup and and the system they're running down there in LA. But he's at least here too, you know, behind those elite elite quarterbacks. He's he's right behind him at very least. But uh, you know, you can throw. I don't. I think when Deshaun Watson, I'm not ready to put him there back there just yet. Uh, but once he's He's got, you know, kind of everything going again, and he's back from, from missing last year, and his suspension's over, and he, he starts to get, you know, his feet back under him. He'll be an elite quarterback. As oh, yeah, be in that for sure. For sure, for sure. Deshaun Watson is definitely elite. It's just very, very difficult to say that right now under those right. circumstances. But his talent is phenomenal. Somebody said, um, Malik, I love that take, man. Davis Mills is developing, and they are getting pieces around him. I agree. And what they did on defense is nice, too. I will say this. Y'all know how I feel about Derek Stingley. I've made it very known on the show. Mm-hmm. If I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, and Derek Stingley turns out to be the guy worth the third overall pick, I just don't get how people flipped. Flipped in literally like a day's time. All of a sudden, it was Derek Stingley is undoubtedly the best defensive back in this draft. He's undoubtedly the best cornerback in this draft. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. Am I in the, in the, in the matrix or something? Like, what the hell just happened? Like, a guy literally just ran in shorts. And ran a 40 time, and that literally yeah. made everyone forget about what Sauce Gardner has done. That's crazy to me. Like, they just like, oh, well, they keep going. I, I, listen, that's crazy to me. I don't know what LSU is doing, but you got Jam- you got a guy, Jamar Chase, who, had, who, who missed the one year. Now, Jamar Chase, obviously, we all know what Jamar Chase wind up being. You know, we, we sort of knew what he was going to be. But he missed that one year. He wind up being a top five pick. And then you had Derek Stingley play that the LSU crazy season and then he sucked the next year and then got hurt the year after that and he was the top he was the third overall pick man if I've if I've never seen a school you know get so much out of one year yeah. you know out of a championship yeah. team oh my as God. the LSU Tigers man for real for real so Matt Matt Levine congrats to you LSU Tigers go Tigers in the words of Ed, Ed, Ed Ogeron would say but nah man that what they're getting out of that program I, off of just that 2019 LSU okay. national championship team is absolutely insane. And it's not, it's not, it's not, maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe this will be like the last guy to sort of benefit from that. Cause he was a true freshman, but yeah. like, I, I never thought Derek Stingley until I told you guys what I was hearing, Derek Stingley was going to be the third overall until it, until it actually happened. It was, it was very, very shocking, but you know, we'll, we'll see. But if he winds up being a real deal for the Texans and they got themselves a, a, a lockdown cornerback, Texans will be a problem going forward. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be a huge problem. But yeah. yeah. All right. So does anybody else have any surprise teams? Anything that they want to talk about before we get out of here? All right. So that was a one of our that's one of our longest shows, because that, that's gotta be kind of a pushing a record at least. I, I don't know. I'm sure you don't have the exact time on you, but I think that's gotta be it's gotta be up there. It was great uh talking NFL draft taking a look at 2023 even starting to show off with some NBA playoffs. Uh, we'll definitely be back next Monday, 7.30, same time. In the meantime, we're going to have shows all week long here, so make sure you go hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of our shows, any of the beautiful discussion. You could hop in 
on any one of the shows, uh, just like you did tonight with us. Uh, but again, Monday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll see you guys next week. Giannis downhill, slams it home! Pressure again, and a sack for Aaron Donald.